Foul Territory is presented by Gizzard Gary Productions. It is recorded from my weekly YouTube program, which is live-streamed every Friday at 9 p.m. Central. It is a firearm and 2A-related panel discussion, where I and my panel discuss current news and events, along with audience interaction, casual conversation, and friendly banter. What will you learn today? And now, ladies and gentlemen, Foul Territory. Well, good evening, everybody. I presume, yeah, it looks like we're live out there on the, on the YouTube side. So, uh, welcome one and all to Val Territory 236. Looks like uh, Hillbilly has joined us. And uh, anyway, welcome. It is Friday the 13th, October the 13th to be exact. So, is this lucky or unlucky? I don't know. Friday the 13th, uh, day of jihad, they say. <laughs> yeah, scary shit out there, trust me. Yet, I think we all survived, so uh, welcome. We aren't doing anything fancy as far as we're doing a panel reveal tonight, so you get what you get out here. But uh, real quick, let's take a look out there in the audience. I see Kingpin. Is the first one in, followed by two live moo out there and in here. Mike, just Mike, is out there, followed by Mike White, 2A Advocacy. Uh, the preview, he's commenting on the preview. Yeah, we did that last week, too. Weston Probst is out there. Uh, defense dead from Nebraska. We've got Nebraska and Oklahoma covered there. Yeah. Yeah, we got chessboard out there in the audience, and we have Grudge Guy eight seven nine, and Bama Dad is out there. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. You missed your cue, man. <laughs> you didn't even give me a chance. You just went right into it. Roll Tide. You want to do one too, Hillbilly, real quick? What? Whoa, Black Betty, Bama Lamb. Whoa, Black Betty. <laughs> Jam. Uh, G-Webs is out there. Uh, Misha N is oh. out there. Hillbilly up out there and in here. Artek and Daughters in the audience. Dale Pogue is out there. And Duffer 426 so far. 15 people out there watching the show. 223DMR just snuck in. Says good evening, Gizzard. Good evening. Gut- Guten Guten evening, whatever the hell it is in German. I don't speak German. Blitz is out there. Totally skipped, he says. Oh, no. M. Gabriel also is out there. Poor Blitz. I'm sorry, Blitz. And you're totally important. Everybody's important out there. If I miss anybody, wave your hand out there and let me know. Or Or send me a damn it gizzard like Blitz did there. Damn it gizzard? The Germans got nothing to do with it. Uh, Bamit Dan says, Guten Haben. Okay. I'm alone. He's on a roll. I don't type German. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Abend, M. Gabriel says. I don't know. Any Germans out there? I'm German, Scotch, and Irish. 
Oh, I like German chocolate. That's just everything hey. you've drank tonight. <laughs> that, means, that means I drink a lot, I fight, and I kill people. Wow. By German, right. Scotch, and Irish, that means he's three beers deep, he's had a couple whiskeys, and he's finished it off with an Irish coffee. You're not that far off. <laughs> That's right. I'm yeah. yet to be the Irish coffee. <laughs> Blitz says, all I wanted to know was what everybody dressed up as for Global Jihad Day. I dressed as a <laughs> uh, as an American uh, concealed carrier. Concealed carrier. And I concealed carry myself two pistols today just because it was Global Jihad Day. I was <laughs> celebrating that. <laughs> Lucky there. Let's make him full screen. Now let's get in the spirit of things. Well, I saw Gary's uh, hockey mask thing up there, so I had to. I had to get one. Yours is almost exactly like the one I have on that drawing. That's right. That is ears. Holy moly! Yeah, it does make your ears stand out. I didn't know Martin Lawrence had joined the cast. You ain't even black. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's back up a little bit. Finstead says, when he went to his high school prom, was he ballroom blitz? He might have been. Mike White says, I am German and Russian on my mother's side. Finstead says, you all have that song in your head now. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Duffer426 says, my grandmother was a Huffman. Is that German? Um, I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Bama Dad says, hillbilly up. I wore my shirt to Chewy's for my granddaughter's first birthday tonight. Awesome. Yeah, he won a hillbilly up shirt. Yeah. Let's see. M. Gabriel says, ruler of the wasteland and Ayatollah of rock and roll. There you go. Ghost Tactical is out there. Defense Dad says, is that Peter from Family Guy in the mask? Yes. Yes, it is. Matter of fact. Screw you, man. Ozzy Orsborn. Is out there barking at the moon. Bork. Uh, let's see. Mike says Blitzkrieg Bop. <laughs> I like it. 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 All right. So what have we got going on? Let's see. We talked about Jihad. They told us some people were telling us don't go out. Don't go out on Friday. Shelter in place. You know, there's going to be blood on the streets. I did not notice. Any blood on the streets? Did you go out? I did. Went to a funeral, as a matter of fact. If there would have been dying, it would have happened, well, right there. It actually happened before I got there. Uh, much ado about nothing, at least here. And I'm not seeing a whole lot in the news. Uh, Ghost Tactical, he says, no jihad in Arkansas. Go figure. Because they all started out in Texas. 
That'd be too much driving. Well, people riding around in the back of pickup trucks is just normal activity in Arkansas anyway. So. Bunch of Hiluxes out there. BMPs <laughs> on the top. Uh, Artek and Dutter says, Gizzard Gary, we got no Durka Durka in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, Defense Dad says, Move Avatar tonight looks a lot like my ex-wife used to when I disagreed with her. <laughs> oh, wow. Probably looks like what when he looked down. Blitz says, somehow not even in Illinois. Wow. Ghost says they would have met the rooftop rednecks over quickly. Mike White says none in Compton either. Bama Dad says Seb Gorka said if anything was going to happen, it would probably be in the next three days. I have no idea how he came to that conclusion, but he is more in the know than I. What in the name of God? <laughs> That looks like a cross between Michael Myers and Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> Michael Trump. <laughs> have to put your hockey mask over the top of that. And some, uh, some, of, those, some of those bullhorns from that dude. <laughs> we have Vanessa Kitty is out there in the audience. Chris Lang. Is out there. Uh, Bama Dad says, see what happens when you drink too many hard ciders. <laughs> Ghost you... Tactical says, is that Donald Myers? Yes. <laughs> Michael Trump. <laughs> uh, Defense Dad says, make foul territory great again. <laughs> I like it. New hat. <laughs> but it doesn't spell anything. Muft, Muftga, 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 yeah. Muftga. I'll, I'll buy some hats that have the FTGA on them, or M M F T G A, right? Yeah. Mother, what's, what's MF stand for? <laughs> uh, chessboard said that scared the crap out of me. Batman Dad says, who carried today when they normally don't? Well, I normally carry, so. I normally carry. I carried two pistols instead of one in I a church. Carried, I only carried one today. One in, in the case, pocket, one on the hip. In case the Spirit of Jesus rose up and touched you? Is that That's why? right. Okay. Yeah. Well, in case the Kansas Jihad came by, you know, because they're um, probably out in force, both of them. <laughs> uh, Chad says, hello again, guys, getting some things ready for my PRS match Sunday. <laughs> oh, my dad says, I was setting them up for shame. Oh. Uh, two, two, three. DMR said an M60 and a chain gun. Wow, that sounds serious. Well, to me, I just pretty much went about my normal business. Uh, they weren't going to keep me home. COVID didn't keep me home. That's not going to keep me home either. So, I literally forgot all about it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I pretty much didn't care. Yeah, and you always carry two guns that way. If the other person only brought a knife, that way you can land them again so it's a fair fight. Well, that's true. I guess that's only neighborly. But uh, we do have a little bit of stuff in the news, so uh, let's go to breaking news. <laughs> this news brought to you by Obnoxious One. What? And your favorite Obnoxious One dealer near you. So we have, and this is courtesy of Defense Dead, we have some news from Nebraska that today a woman was killed in an explosion at the Hornady plant west of Grand Island. And it says one woman died and two men were injured Friday morning in an explosion at a Hornady manufacturing plant west of Grand Island. Hall County Attorney Marty Klein said the explosion happened in a chemical compound building at the Hornady plant at 8350 West Old Potash Highway at Wood River address. That site is about four miles northwest of Alda on the site of the old Cornhusker Army Ammunition Plant. Klein did not identify the victims, but did say that one of the men showed symptoms of a concussion and the other showed symptoms related to breathing dust and fumes. Klein said neither of the injuries to the men were considered life-threatening. Klein said the Hall County Sheriff's Office and a state fire marshal were on the scene early Friday afternoon to continue investigating the explosion. Crews from at least four local fire departments were called to the scene just before 10 a.m. Friday. Hall County Emergency Manager John Rosenland confirms that Cairo, Wood River, Alta, and Grand Island Rural Fire Departments, as well as Hall County Sheriff's Office, were called to the scene. A Grand Island Fire Department ambulance was also dispatched. A local four reporter on the scene reported that the property had been blocked off. Hornady Manufacturing is a longtime Grand Island business which makes bullets and ammunition. Really? Uh, local 4 contacted Hornady Manufacturing for comment, and we are waiting a response. Okay, so, I had not heard of this, so, any comments on this? Anybody know anything other than me on this? Um, ammunition components go boom. It can't yeah. happen. Flo walked in there with a with a cigarette lit, would be my guess. <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. <coughs> Boom. Karen from next door is bitching. She came over with a cigarette in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Ozzy that- says, I carried the new SIG P320X10 today in case someone got stupid. P320X10. Oh, that's the new... That's the 10 millimeter, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chad Kelly says, I guess everyone survived the horrible, scary, we're going to get you day. Seems like it was a bunch of nothing. Chessboard says, don't become complacent, gizzard and all. That's Mm -hmm. why I carry. Not complacent. That's why I carry. Uh, Misha said, I had my FN 509 brass knuckles and microtech covered on all bases. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) 223DMR said, I didn't carry anything today. I just drove my school bus and took the kids to school and back home. 
Uh, Duffer four two six said I wore a condom today for a <laughs> Oh, it works if it's over your head. <laughs> you have to cut, cut air holes in for your mm-hmm. nose. Uh, defense dad says I may or may not have carried today. I work by myself, so screw them. Uh, Rob D, the New York outcast, is out there. He says, good evening, folks. Just made it back from letting a newbie drive. I appreciate life again. Yeah, that's scarier than the Jeep. Oh, oh no, sure. not a new driver. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm out. Is he teaching his new daughter how to drive? Or? Oh, yeah, new daughter? It's just, and he's teaching her to drive already? That seems a little premature. Uh, Chad says, yep, I figured with all the attention today was getting, it would be nothing today, but now's the time to really be alert. Everyone will relax, and that's when they'll try something. I carry every day. Uh, there's no relax. Uh, I'm ready whenever. Travis P11's out there. He says, you're pretty much covered it with as many details as what we know, referring to the Hornady explosion. Hey, Travis. Uh, Bama Dad says, I wore a pork chop so I could defile them when the Glock got finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you roll, wear pork today. I roll all my bullets in bacon grease. <laughs> I had ham for lunch. How about that? Just in honor of them. So. You know you know what's good? You can pack the hollow points full of bacon grease, and the, they'll still <laughs> expand when they hit. That's true. It's just, it's then, just, then they don't get the 72 virgins. They get the mm-hmm. 70, 72 Virginians. <laughs> 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 well, at least it's not 72 West Virginians. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. It's 72 riches. I mean, the, the, can you commit suicide in, in paradise? <laughs> uh, chessboard says oh, you'll really up- get a get a sensitive subjects now since I mentioned the S word. I give a rat's ass. Uh, Chessport says, hillbilly up, soak your lead in bacon. You could do that. You get It got lubed that way for sure. I'm telling you, just just pack a little bit of bacon in those hollow points. And- Wait, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. It should lube up your barrel at the same time, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Uh, Weston says, I did have bacon today, so I guess I did my part. See? Uh, Bama Dad says, there are some in Virginia I'd like to send them. I've got a West Virginia. I'll send them right now. (laughs) Postage due. Yep. It's going to be just like me mailing stuff to Jason. They're going to have to pay two bucks when he gets there. All right. On to our next story. This is from Barry Norm. This one yet. Oh, yeah. We're done with it. Oh. We can uh, go on and on. Uh, Chessport says, I'm from West Virginia. It's all relative. Uh, <laughs> Just like Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Defense Dad had a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit from McDonald's for breakfast. Yeah, that counts. So, gun control is the ultimate luxury belief. Did you know this? There are widely accepted norms and values that have worked for society at large, regardless of class, race, religion, or country for millennia. Some of those norms and values have been chipped away over the past several decades. How did that come to pass? 
Well, social commentator Rob Henderson attributed the erosion of these norms and values to what he calls luxury beliefs. Henderson defines luxury beliefs as ideas and opinions that confer status on the rich at very little cost while taking a toll on the lower class. The reason the rich adopt these beliefs is because general prosperity has made luxury goods less effective in conveying social status, so these malformed beliefs have replaced them as an indicator of social status. A prime example of a luxury belief is that traditional marriage and monogamy are outdated. Henderson, who himself had a tough childhood, notes a conversation he had with a former Yale classmate. A former classmate from Yale recently told me monogamy is kind of outdated and not good for society, so I asked her what her background is and if she planned to marry. She said she comes from an affluent family and works at a well-known technology company. Yes, she personally intends to have a monogamous marriage, but quickly added that marriage shouldn't have to be for everyone. She was raised by a traditional family. She planned on having a traditional family but she maintained that traditional families are old-fashioned and society should evolve beyond them. What could explain this? In the past, upper-class Americans used to display their social status with luxury goods. Today, they do it with luxury beliefs. This belief may work for the wealthy and the hoity-toity, but it has wreaked havoc on American society. As Henderson noted above, the people espousing luxury beliefs often don't practice those beliefs themselves. As evidence, he points to the difference in marriage rates between upper-class and lower-class Americans. The rates were nearly identical in the 60s when the affluent class weakened social norms. The destruction of the American family that followed can be seen in the working class, while the marriage rate among the wealthy has changed little. Likewise, out-of-wedlock birth rates shot up among the working class, but the wealthy seldom have kids out-of-wedlock. Other examples of luxury beliefs include legalizing drugs, sending one's children to public schools, white privilege, belief in luck instead of hard work, open border policies, the endless hypocrisy of environmentalism, and defunding the police. The last luxury belief listed above, defunding the police and its corollaries, bail reform and the kid glove treatment of violent offenders and recidivist criminals, have caused a spike in crime since the pandemic. The numbers don't lie. It's there for everyone to see. The rich love these meaningless platitudes and performative social media hashtags. After all, they aren't affected by the ensuing violence and bloodshed that happen in the poorer areas of their towns. The ultimate luxury belief, in my opinion, is gun control. The right of self-defense is the first law of nature. This right is fundamental to every human being, regardless of class, race, religion, or any other tangential attribute. The wealthy live in good neighborhoods that are often behind walls and gates. Sometimes they live in remote areas with massive amounts of land and terrain serving as a security buffer. They don't ride public transit. They fly in private jets while the poorest among us have never even been on an airplane. They don't need to shop at ordinary grocery stores or convenience stores in rough neighborhoods because they have housemaids and butlers taking care of that. Most importantly, the rich are often protected by armed security. That's something that the poor will never have. They have to rely on the police, who the luxury belief holders would happily defund. 
The police may or may not show up to help and may even end up hurting instead of helping them. To add insult to injury, as multiple courts across the country have confirmed, the police have no general duty to protect the vulnerable. Billionaires like Michael Bloomberg, Steve Ballmer, Oprah Winfrey, George Soros, Pierre Omidyar, and John and Laura Arnold are some of the funders of the modern gun control movement. Those executing the gun control agenda like Shannon Watts and Poe Murray are comfortably in the upper middle class or wealthier than that. These people don't have to worry about the rest of us when they set fire to our constitutionally protected rights. They get to entrench their social status and clout. But as is always the case with luxury beliefs, there's a price to pay and they won't be the ones paying it. What do you think about that? I think there's a lot of common sense in there. I felt personally attacked when you attacked my wall of land and made fun of my butlers and maids. <laughs> well, we can't all be one of the halves like you are. Oh, <laughs> well, there's more than half of me. <laughs> Three quarters. Uh, Bama Dad said, these two classes in our society that don't worry about having a place to live or paying utility bills or buying groceries. Politicians and welfare recipients. Hmm. Let's see. I don't know if I'd call, call it a luxury belief as much as a I mean, the general idea that the people that are trying to make these decisions for us wouldn't really be affected by gun control anyway. I mean, there's a lot to that. Well, the people that want gun control have never controlled a gun, so they have they have no experience with it. I don't know if I'd call it a, <clears throat> call it a luxury belief as much as I'd call it a disconnect from reality. Well, that too. Bernie Sanchez is out there, by the way. And the and the you know the feelings police that their feelings are are all that matter and it doesn't I've always been a very logical very data oriented person and the the numbers of gun control never make sense yeah be like one out outlaw thong bikinis when you never wore one. How do you know? Oh, I, I I know a good bikini when I see it, and I've never worn one. So <laughs> I, I guess I, I mean, but you wore one on your head. Rub D says so. Did you, say, did you say in college or in my head? Yep. <laughs> so he says. So anything crazy happened near anyone in the chat today? I happen to notice a lot of people carrying today where they legally shouldn't have in my area. But all went well. No heads rolled. Um, well, there aren't hardly any places around here where you can't carry. So Yeah, but Rob's in New York, so there's every yeah. place you can carry. That's true. But I yeah, would yeah. have, too. <laughs> I wouldn't have hesitated. Of course, I stay out of places like New York. Yeah, I mean, around here, if you don't have a gun, somebody will lend you one or hand you one. <laughs> Bernie Sitting says gun. Con- 
leave the compound today and I had to make sure I got my rifle out of the out of my truck gun out of the uh garage because my truck's in the shop and put it uh-huh. in and put it in her chariot and that was in case something went down I didn't want to be out and about and not have a rifle with me. So now Bernie says gun control is fundamental. Hit what you aim at. Well, there's some truth to that, too. I struggle with that one sometimes. I try, though. Let's put it down. Try real hard. By the way, let me go ahead and put the banner going across the bottom of the screen. Let everybody know that we are having a giveaway at the top of the hour. The hashtag is FT, well, pound sign FT236. And, of course, it is sponsored in part by Aegis Gun Care this week. We will be giving away a cleaner and lubricant combo kit. So make sure and get your hashtag in there so you can be part of that later on. Now let's see if we got any other articles out there. I'm pretty sure we have a few. How about this one? How about that? Now, I always appreciate all those who support the channel, but I also know that money is tight lately. However, did you know that you can support the channel without it costing you one red cent? That's right. All you have to do is use my Amazon store link when you shop at Amazon. So just go to Amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash gizzardgearing without any spaces when you do your Amazon shopping, and when you shop using that link, no matter what you buy during that session, the channel will receive a small commission from your purchases. As always, thank you for your support. How about ammunition shortages sparked by Hamas terrorism in yeah. Israel? Day of rage threat. Okay. Here we go again. It appears we are headed for panic buying amidst what seemed to be normalizing ammunition supplies after the COVID-19 and summer of love shortages in 2020. As gun owners recall, the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic wreaked havoc on global supply chains, impacting various industries throughout the world. One particular sector that experienced an unexpected surge in demand, coupled with significant disruptions to its supply chain, was the ammunition industry. The pandemic era, characterized by its uncertainties, anxieties, and socioeconomic disruptions, brought forth a unique set of circumstances that contributed to an unprecedented ammunition shortage. We've entered another, yet another period of uncertainty brought on by the depraved terrorist attacks perpetrated by Hamas militants on innocent civilians in Israel. The sheer brutality and the explicit targeting of civilians have left many thinking about their own preparedness should that kind of attack happen here in the U.S. A common refrain on X.com, formerly Twitter, was, this is why I need an AR-15. I heard it on the X. (laughs) Yeah. Prior to the pandemic, the ammunition industry maintained a steady supply that adequately met the demands of its consumer base. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm, mm, uh, mm, I'll yeah. I'm going to call bullshit on that one. 
However, when COVID-19 hit, manufacturing units were forced to reduce production capacities or halt operations together due to lockdown measures and concerns regarding the safety of workers. These disruptions to the manufacturing sector were palpable across various industries, including ammunition production. Simultaneously, the pandemic era witnessed a surge in firearm and ammunition sales, propelled by factors such as social unrest, political instability, and general concerns about personal safety and security amidst the crisis. The FBI reported a record-breaking 39.7 million firearm background checks conducted in 2020, an indicator of the heightened demand for firearms and, by extension, ammunition. Ammunition manufacturers faced an uphill battle in trying to meet this burgeoning demand due to an array of supply chain issues. The pandemic-induced restrictions imposed impediments on the procurement of raw materials such as lead, brass, and gunpowder, further stalling production. Transportation of goods was also hampered due to disruptions in global shipping and logistics sectors, exemplified by port congestions and reduced freight capabilities. Did you say port congestions? Port. Port. Today, we began to see signs of panic buying in the face of the uncertainty in the Middle East. Bearing Arms was first alerted to this issue by Lucas Botkin of T-Rex Arms on X.com. Lucas says, Sounds like the Lake City Ammunition Plant just canceled all commercial orders. Buy ammo while it's available. If, in fact, Lake City is stopping shipments for commercial customers, there will be a massive ripple effect for consumers, with other manufacturers scrambling to satisfy demand. Bearing Arms is trying to independently confirm Lucas' statement, and we will update this article when we learn more. However, a quick scan of AmmoSeek.com showed ammunition still available, but often with quantity restrictions. Sometimes as few as one unit per customer. This warning from ammunition supplier SGMO.com seems ominous as well. And it says, due to extremely high order volume over the past six days, we are only accepting new orders for a very small selection of products, and all other products have been temporarily removed from the website. We currently have a backlog of orders, 12,000 orders, over 12,000 orders, which is four to five days worth of work for the warehouse crew to pick, check, pack, and ship. We will be offering limited selections for the next few days and a more complete inventory after that. Orders placed at this time may take up to seven days to be shipped out. Okay, so there appears to be another round of panic buying going on across the country. Reports from one local gun shop in Florida said sales were brisk. The shop had purchased 40,000 rounds of ammunition just last week. They sold 36,000 rounds in just over four hours. Oh, my goodness. We reached out to the NSSF for comment. Mark Oliva, the NSSF's Managing Director of Public Affairs, shared the following. NSSF doesn't track ammunition sales like monthly FBI NICS verifications. However, NSSF is aware of reports of increased ammunition sales. This isn't unprecedented as sales of ammunition and firearms increase during times of uncertainty. The day of rage called for by the Hamas terrorist group, coupled with their unprovoked attack on Israel, is increasing concerns for personal safety, even here in the United States. The sheer depravity of their wanton violence against innocent men, women, and children, 
coupled with verified reports of military-aged males of Middle East origin and known terrorists taken into custody at the open U.S. southern border, has caused many to once again take stock of their own safety preparedness. Ammunition manufacturers were in a much better place to respond to sudden spikes in demand than was witnessed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Remington Ammunition is fully staffed and operational, unlike in 2020 when they were just acquired by what is now the Kinetic Group. Sig Sauer recently expanded their ammunition production capabilities. Other manufacturers have ensured their production capacity is resilient to the market fluctuations. There is some hope in the comments from the NSSF. The NSSF independently reached out to Winchester, who operates Lake City, and they are also awaiting comment. These supply chain and shipping challenges have a massive economic impact. The ammunition shortages reverberated economic implications on multiple fronts. Small arms ranges, hunting businesses, and firearms training centers were notably affected, with some even ceasing operations due to the inability to procure sufficient ammunition. Moreover, consumers face skyrocketing prices as demand vastly outweighed supply, leading to inflated costs that were at times several times the pre-pandemic pricing. Ammunition shortages sparked by global conflict and the COVID-19 pandemic underscore the fragility and interconnectedness of supply chains, particularly when confronted with a global crisis. These events should prompt introspection within the industry, steering toward developing more resilient and sustainable supply chain models to weather future disruptions. The best way you and I can weather these ammunition shortages is to have a stockpile of ammunition that's sufficient to weather any storm that comes our way. All right, comments on that. I need more ammo. Do need more ammo. You know why I need more ammo? Because you don't have enough ammo? Never enough ammo. There there you go. <laughs> but I wasn't aware. I guess I wasn't aware of the increased demand for ammunition. Anybody else aware of that? Um, I was caught with my pants down. And I was unaware of the increased demand for ammunition. I was going to say, that's a, on a side note. <laughs> It was a swipe your card, not your. <laughs> Maybe that's where his chip is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think in, chip there's a war or something going on. You know, I think people go out and buy more. Just you know, any anything. But it's always real convenient how you know when we're in times of need or one or something like that, how stuff burns down. I mean, I think we had this deal go through not very long ago with the, was it meat processing plants? Like five of them burnt down in like a matter of no time. So. Yeah. SS Pond's out there. Says I just bought seven hundred rounds of three different calibers at local gun show last week. Well, there you go. Guns and barbecue. He's hanging around out there too. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Still. Yeah. You know how it is. 
So Chad Kelly's going to take off. Hope you all have a good weekend. I'm going to try to film a few stages to put into a video for next week. Okay. You know, not, right. that, I'm, not that I'm saying that there's not going to be like some ammo issues coming forward, but you've got, you got a lot of people that ramped up production. I mean, Palmetto State Armory is pumping out a bunch of ammo right now. And you've got these websites that need clicks. So don't always go with the sky is falling in. I know that's everybody goes with the sky is falling. That's why some channels have absolutely blown up because they always do the sky is falling and people always buy into it, but don't always buy into the sky is falling. Take a look around. I mean, you've got Palmetto State Armory is seriously, they're pumping out a lot of ammo. And everybody else ramped up ammo production because the prices went up. So, yeah. I mean, we did have a former president in the past say that. If we can't take their guns, we'll make their ammunition so expensive they can't afford it. So, Weston says AAC is fixing to release steel cases, 7.62 by 39, and a couple other calibers. That's PSA. Uh, Chessboard says my last big order, the black van with two and government tags, sat in my driveway for four or five hours till the UPS came. I waved to them each time I walked to the neighbors. <laughs> uh, and Stan's telling us about the accident in the Grand Island Hornady plant. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. That's too bad. I mean, and Lake City only produces, they only produce bulk ammo. Anyway, right. right. So right. You, can, you can only buy the bulk ammo. When's the last time any of us bought Lake City ammo? I mean, Seriously, when's the last time you got any Lake City ammo? Have you gotten any since the uh, since COVID? Have you seen any? No. Okay, so there you go. It wasn't going out to civilians anyway, right? Duffer says he's been buying twenty-two long rifle. Went on sale. Reload everything else I need. Mm, I wish I'd. Gotten into reloading some days. Then other days, I'm like, no, I don't have the patience for that. And then Bama dead, Obi, you want to do it this time? Roll Tide. There you go. Uh, didn't PSA buy AAC? Yes. That's why I said PSA has been pumping out a lot of ammo. And with what are now reasonable prices on it. And it runs. Jacob S. is out there saying, great to see you guys. Rob D. says, we've probably all panicked once. At least after you do, people normally slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully you learn. I, I wish I'd panicked and bought a bunch of ammo. I'd be rich right now. If I'd, if I'd panicked and bought a metric shit ton of ammo i could have sold all that at inflated prices and i'd be sitting on a sitting on a private island right now and not giving a crap about you guys and your 2a because it'd be 2a all day on my private island 
<laughs> you can buy Epstein's Island. All right. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want that kind of juju on me. <laughs> yeah, it might be bad. Might be bad. All right. Let's see what else we got. We got about ten minutes at least. So let's see. How about this Maryland Democrat here? A Maryland Democrat who voted against carry restrictions says injunction proved her right. Okay. So, when Maryland Democrats approved their Bruin response bill earlier this year, creating a large number of gun-free zones and adding more bureaucratic BS to the process of obtaining a carry permit, they did so without the support of one of the caucus's leaders. House Speaker Pro Temper Sherry Sample Hughes was actually one of three House Democrats to vote against SB1 earlier this year, and it came with a political price. In May, House Speaker Adrienne Jones tried to remove Sample Hughes from her leadership position, and her refusal to go along with the gun control bill was one of the main reasons why she was suddenly unfit to serve as Speaker Pro Tempore. The meeting with Sample Hughes appeared, happened hours before Governor Wes Moore sat next to Jones in the State House on Tuesday and signed gun safety legislation SB1 into law. That law has already been the subject of litigation. Sample Hughes was one of the few Democrats who voted against the legislation in April. In a State House interview with a Daily Times reporter minutes after voting against the bill on April the 10th, Sample Hughes questioned the legislation. Are we setting ourselves up for unnecessary challenges in this space as it relates to people that are legally carrying guns, she said. In a late April letter to the governor, the state's attorney general, Anthony Brown, said Senate Bill 1 is legally sufficient and it is not clearly unconstitutional. Jones did not bring up the gun bill specifically in the Tuesday meeting also attended by Jones' chief of staff, according to Sample Hughes, but the former... Wicomico County Council member said it was one of several pieces of legislation where she differed from Jones. There's probably three or four bills out of 810 bills that we passed that, for me, as a representative of the Eastern Shore, I knew it didn't match up with the people I represent, she said. Now, Sample Hughes isn't a Second Amendment stalwart. She voted in favor of the state's red flag law a few years ago, for instance. But her stance at SB1 went too far and poses constitutional challenges, appears to be based on valid concerns and not political posturing. Now that a federal judge has granted a temporary restraining order blocking many of the sensitive spaces defined in SB1 from being enforced, the lawmaker gets to tell her colleagues, I told you so. I'm in the same posture now. I did not support the legislation as I saw the trend of New York's bill being struck down and legislation. We pass legislation that gets at the legal person who is carrying in, who is going in through the classes and making certain that they're carrying their weapons legally, and but not putting as much emphasis on the ones who are illegally getting the firearm, Sample Hughes said. Hughes said she will continue to work to pass legislation to punish those who commit crimes with guns including a forthcoming juvenile crime bill she hopes will receive bipartisan support. A Democrat who wants to fight violent crime by going after violent offenders instead of legal gun owners? Is that even allowed anymore? That'll change. 
Now that I think about it, based on retaliation that came her way after her vote on SB1, I guess the answer is no, it's not, at least when it comes to being in leadership. I may disagree with Sample Hughes on the importance or legality of red flag laws, but at the very least, she seems to be taking a more thoughtful approach to Second Amendment issues than many of her colleagues who fell in line and backed SB1, despite its obvious incompatibility with the right to keep and bear arms. Unfortunately, it would take dozens of Democrats like Sample Hughes or an even larger number of Republican candidates winning elections to turn the Maryland House into a body that respects the Second Amendment rights of their constituents, neither of which is likely to happen in the next campaign cycle. So what do you think about that? Democrats making sense. Let's not, let's not get too far over our skis here. <laughs> Interesting article, though. Somebody who has the guts to stand up and, yeah, threaten the uh, removal of their leadership position. On this, on this one very narrow issue. Right. But it's right there in the article. She's backed other gun control stuff, so she's, she's, she's not... She's not on our side. Second Amendment. She's... She's not back in, you know, she's not back in the Second Amendment. She's looking at what's happening in the courts and saying, well, we're going to pass it. And it's just going to get kicked back out. So, <laughs> yeah. And my dad says she won't be a Democrat. Okay. Long, but it will throw her out. Very good. Jacob S. says, did you just get okay. cut off? Very possible with my Internet. Very possible. If I disappear, hang on. Maybe I'll reappear. Um, <laughs> you just never know. Okay. Let's see what else we have. If we got anything real quick here before we try to do a giveaway. Let's see. Uh, the Democrats' delusion on guns and crime on full display in Boston. Wow. Oh, what did you know? It looks like the Massachusetts House is heading for a vote next Wednesday on HD 4607, the latest version of the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act that was first introduced back in July before being pulled back and slightly retooled in the wake of overwhelming opposition from gun owners and law enforcement across the state. Those groups are still opposed to the new and not improved gun control bill released late last week, which is already causing headaches and heartburn for some Democratic lawmakers. But there's another problem for Democratic lawmakers in the state. While polls may show majority public support for the new restrictions on lawful gun owners, many of the voters expressing approval may not understand exactly how those prohibitions will be enforced. Back in February, Governor Maura Healey announced the formation of the Governor's Advisory Council on Black Empowerment, and earlier this month, the group held its first public hearing in Boston. At that meeting, residents in high-crime communities like Dorchester and Roxbury weighed in with their concerns on crime and public safety, but their views often appeared to be at odds with each other. More than 100 people attended the meeting, and attendees were split between community residents and members of nonprofit organizations. Prison reform was raised as a major issue. Speakers discussed black residents being disproportionately incarcerated, unethical treatment within prisons, 
and the idea that the city should not build new prisons. You are sitting right now in the most incarcerated corridor in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, said Andrea James, a criminal justice reform organization leader. So we're here to represent that collective of our people. Please work with us. Residents also stressed the need to end gun violence and urged more gun control, aid for families impacted by violence, and policing in schools. In addition to gun control, we really need to put something in place for those families that are impacted, said Clementina Cherry, founder of the Louis D. Brown Peace Institute, who spoke about her nonprofit and youth gun violence. We are losing at both ends. You can have fewer people in prison, and you can have more gun control laws, but if you want those laws to be enforced, then you can't have it both ways. The gun control movement is predicated on the idea of putting more laws on the books, many of them felony-level offenses, and all of them nonviolent possessory crimes like carrying a gun without a license or possessing an ammunition magazine that can hold more rounds than the state allows. Gun control is completely antithetical to criminal justice reform, but Democrats around the country have been able to hoodwink their base into believing both are possible by enacting reforms like no-bail measures while imposing new criminal penalties on gun owners. The result is a system that spits repeat offenders back onto the streets and makes it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to exercise their Second Amendment rights to armed self-defense when those bad actors appear at their doorstep or try to carjack them at a red light. You don't have to be a criminologist to see the inherent contradiction between the push for de-incarceration and the criminalization of our right to keep and bear arms but too many on the left would rather stick their head in the sand rather than confront that reality, including in Massachusetts. If the forces of criminal justice reform really want to reduce the number of offenders behind bars, the most important thing they could do right now would be to forcefully and publicly call out those elected Democrats who want to turn a fundamental civil right into a felony-level offense. Comments on that one. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> me like they want legal gun owners behind bars and yeah. want to do stuff illegally out on the streets a little mm-hmm. bit. That's exactly what they want. Yeah, let's let everybody else out and let's put these people in in jail. That's fair. And what could possibly be wrong with that? Could you imagine what would be going on and or what would happen in some place like Israel if all the gun owners was in jail? Um, Israel is pretty terrible as far as owning guns. Yeah. Yeah, but what if they were all in jail? I don't know. Anybody else on that? Move your awful quiet over there. See even here. <laughs> Maybe he fell asleep. It could passed out. I mean, no, he fell asleep. Yes, he had <laughs> one too many drinks. Maybe I don't know. just he went just, and got that Irish coffee. You know, he's yeah. Now he's down. <laughs> 
Chessboard says, anytime a politician lips move, they're lying and blowing smoke up your posterior. <laughs> now, Bama Dad. Yeah. Bama Dad. Roll Tide. <laughs> he says, Israel does not allow private citizens to own guns. See what happens? Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a note. On that note, it is time for uh, the weekly 2A wrap-up on uh, G-Web. So I need to get out of here so you guys can go see the weekly 2A wrap-up. So real quick, let's go through the group. And we're going to do our What Did You Learn segment. We'll start with Obnoxious 1. What did you learn? What do you have to promote? Uh, Stuff and things and stuff and things. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you for being here, sir. Enjoyed it. Two Live Moo, what did ah! you learn? Uh, I learned I'm not scared of the jihad. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and check out everybody on the panel and everybody out there in the chat. And uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, outdoor boys. He's kind of a uh, guy that like camps and does uh, survival stuff with his kids and his family and stuff. It's kind of cool. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Let's go to Hillbilly Up. What did you learn, Hillbilly? I learned that uh, Snob takes glamour shots. I did not know that. He does. I didn't <laughs> say he takes good glamour shots, but he takes There them. was literally zero glamour in that shot. <laughs> Way better than taking money shots. Take those who's, who's to say he didn't? <laughs> <laughs> so what have, what have you got coming up, Hillbilly? Uh, yeah, buddy. Uh, got a photo or a video, photo, a video coming out tomorrow. Uh, the uh, Hillbilly Beer Can Bowling. Uh, Ooh. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, more videos coming up every day. Uh, we got Guns, Beer, and Therapy tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. So, if you guys ain't done nothing, swing by, and we always try to have a good time, just like we do here on Gears or Gary. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, last but not least, uh, Guns and Barbecue, what did you learn tonight in your short time here? I learned that my five-year-old really likes to play with my sound mixer and when he does that it just makes for a giant headache for me to try and get everything back to normal so it, you know it'll work properly and it's always just like one magic button i should like put tape over it or something so i know like oh this is the one you hit just go smack his hands whenever he starts getting near it oh the problem is i don't see him do it and like the worst part is put a bell on um it. to get to the bathroom you got to go through my office so well, that's the problem, though. Like, every time he goes to take a crap or something, like, uh, I'm, I am I, need to put a trail cam in my office. Be like, I saw you do it. It's on, it's on camera. So, uh, oh, I also learned that Moo is a gracious lover. I thought he was just a gentle lover, but apparently a gracious no, lover as well. he's a very generous lover. <laughs> well, yes, generous, not gracious, generous. Yeah. Tomato, no. tomato. What do you have coming up, sir? Um... <laughs> A whole lot of nothing, really. Uh, 
my show's cruising towards the 300 episode mark at that point. Uh, just going to kill it for a little bit. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for the invite. All right. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, I'd like to thank our audience for watching tonight. Uh, regardless of the platform, Facebook once again was unavailable because Facebook didn't. They chose to get rid of my link, so they took away once again. So, uh, but uh, whether you listen on YouTube or Twitch or you're listening in replay, thanks for watching or listening. Also, the podcast, the audio podcast, if you're out there listening to that, thank you. Uh, we will be back next week for another episode of Foul Territory. I'd like to uh, thank all the panelists for tonight's show and uh, especially thank all of my YouTube channel members for their continued support of the channel. So I want everybody to have a safe and pleasant weekend. And as I always remind everybody that if anyone tries to infringe on your right to keep and bear arms, you remember, give them the bird. This is Gizzard Gary. On behalf of my panel, I'm going to give them a few seconds to do their last shout-outs, and then I'm going to hit the end credits. So see ya next week. Hashtag Porgy Pigging. Lizard Larry. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Got something for you. Got something for you. <laughs> Y'all come back now. You hear? Thanks for listening. Foul Territory is a production of Gizzard Gary Productions and is streamed live every Friday at 9 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch and released as an audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Samsung, and Podchaser. For more information, visit our website at gizzardgary.com.